This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Lots to talk about. Not, not a lot of it good if you are a fan of the Boston Red Sox or the New York Mets. Uh, the only question I have, and I teased this on social media this morning, is who's more suicidal right now? Red Sox fans or Mets fans? I mean, the wheels have come off. You know, the Red Sox had been in first place since uh, June, and they are in danger, real danger, of being, uh, by the end of the week, in fourth place if things don't change. You know, and the Tampa Bay Rays just uh, continue to... You know, I guess amaze is the the right term. I mean, talk about a team that finds a way. It is unreal. Uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But uh, between the the uh, Red Sox and the Mets, I mean, the Red Sox have just uh, finished a road trip uh, two and eight, just awful. Uh, and the New York Mets uh, have now lost four in a row. They have lost eight of their last ten. I mean, it's just crazy. And the Philadelphia Phillies are hotter than they've been in forever. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute, and you know, we'll get the suicide hotline number for uh, fans of of uh, Red Sox and Mets Nation. And look, I was one of them. You know, I was uh, reading Matt Corey's column, Sox Outsider, this morning. If you, if by the way, if you don't subscribe to it, you got to check it out. Just Google Matt. Uh, just Google Sox Outsider, and, and uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, this guy's a must read. Uh, we've had him on here several times, but um, you know, as he said, you know, one of the things about sports is is that it can. You know, one minute it can have you jumping up off the couch, excited as all hell as to what's going on, and the next minute you're sitting there absolutely stunned. And there is no other way to put what happened yesterday than to say that I was stunned. The Red Sox dominated that game. Absolutely dominated that game. They were killing Toronto, right? I mean, they just... uh, had everything going. They were getting hits left and right. J.D. Martinez had come off the COVID list, and, man, everything was looking rosy. Even Garrett Richards was keeping you in the damn game, which is nothing short of a minor miracle itself. You know, so, and, you know, you're getting to the eighth inning, and you're like, I'm feeling pretty good about this. We still have Adovino. We still have Barnes in the bullpen. We're going to be fine. And I was screaming, by the way, 
when Garrett Richards had the Red Sox ahead after like four innings, I was like, get him out. Get him out now. <laughs> Bring the bullpen in. Please, God, get him out so he doesn't blow this game. You know, now they left him in there for the fifth, and, you know, he ends up giving up uh, a home run to Vlad Jr., but the Red Sox at that point still had a 7-4 to four lead. Then they scored, the Red Sox did a run in the sixth inning. It's 8-4, to four, right? You know, and, and uh, through six innings, and you're thinking, hell, we only got to get nine outs. You know, Josh Taylor wasn't great, but, you know, he did enough. And they, then the problem was they brought in Sawamura, and he threw seven pitches. They were all balls. Two of them were wild pitches. He had no idea what was going on. They took him out of the game. He now has what they're calling uh, as elbow tightness. Look, this was inevitable, right, that the Red Sox bullpen was going to cough one up. They have to look up the definition of overworked in the dictionary, and the, the, the picture of the Red Sox bullpen is right there. Because the Red Sox starters have been so putrid, they have had to go to that bullpen time after time after time. These guys need a break, and they're not getting it. Now, you know, I guess one positive sign, and, and Matt pointed this out in his comments, look, you know, I, I guess, thank God for small favors, that the Red Sox on the Saturday doubleheader, now they, they somehow managed to split there despite the fact they tried to run themselves out of the game they actually won. But they got a split, and they got good pitching in that doubleheader. I mean, Nick Pavetta was outstanding. You know, Tanner Houck was, you know, got him through about four innings. You know, here's the thing with, with the Red Sox, and they've put Houck in the, the rotation now, got Martin Team Perez out of there, thank Jesus. Garrett Richards will be on his way out too when Chris Sale comes back. Uh, but with Hauk, they've got to figure out a way to get the. They got to let this guy pitch over seventy-five pitches. I mean, you know, I, I understand they're trying to be careful with him, but every time he starts, you know, he gets to about seventy, seventy-five. They don't let him go any farther. Stretch this guy out a little bit. Let him, you know, they need somebody to go six. You know, thank God Pavetta was able to do that. But they need somebody to be able to go six or seven innings. They have to be able to give this bullpen some rest. So I, I hope that they figure that out with how can they allow the guy to uh, to go a little bit deeper into the games. But yesterday was just you could you knew it right. I mean, no, I now let me when I say you knew it. I mean, I thought they had the game won. All right. And I was as upset as upset could be when they lost the game, but you know you know that this bullpen has to implode at some point. You can't keep going to the well every day and asking these guys to be superhuman, and that's what they've been doing. And Matt Barnes gives up a bomb to George Springer, his former UConn teammate. Um. And by the way, I mean, you know, look at Springer's numbers. Springer's a guy who spent a good portion of the first half of the season on the injured list. And, man, talk about a splash. His OPS is damn near 1,000. He's got 14 home runs. He's driven in 33. You know, and that's with only, you know, not even half a season. I mean, if they had had him all season long, they might be in first place right now. 
It goes to show you how much better he makes that team. Vlad Jr. has been great. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, Vlad Jr. now with 35 bombs and, uh, what, 80, 81 runs batted in? Excuse me, 80, 87 runs batted in. 87, which leads the major leagues. And he's hitting 318. But now you add George Springer to that mix. I mean, it is just uh, frightening. So, you know, again, if you're Boston, you just have to figure out a way to give this bullpen some rest. You know, and I don't know, you know, look, they have today off, which thank God for that. They have Erod going on Tuesday when they open a series against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't think it's hyperbole, folks, to say that the Red Sox season rests on this series with the Tampa Bay Rays. If Tampa comes into Boston and sweeps the Red Sox, the Red Sox are will be, you know, they're done. Because if that happens, they will be in fourth place. They will no longer be in wild card position. I mean, right now, they're the number one wild card. If they drop three to the Rays, they'll be behind the Yankees, who get to play the Kansas City Royals. They'll be behind Toronto, who get to play uh, the Angels. And we'll be talking about, you know, what are they going to do next year? So, but they've got to figure this out. They need Erod to go deep into that game on Tuesday. And look, here's the thing. Chris Sale's coming back. They've announced he's going to pitch on Saturday against the Orioles. Chris Sale is not the answer. I mean, he's going to help. There's no question about that. But Chris Sale's not coming back and throwing seven innings, folks. He just did a rehab start in Scranton in AAA. He went four and two-thirds innings and threw 90 pitches. We, that might be what you're going to see in Boston. You know, you're going to be lucky to get five out of them. If you get six, it's Christmas. You know, so if you think he's coming back and, you know, twirling the seven innings and, you know, pitching a shutout, uh, remember, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. So he's not the answer. He's going to help. He's better than Martin Perez and Garrett Richards on his worst day. But he is not going to be the answer to that, to that you know, problem of having to go to the bullpen every day. You know, Nate Evaldi's got to pitch better. His, you know, I mean, Jesus, against Toronto the other day, he looked great for three innings, and then all of a sudden he looked like Martin Perez, <laughs> right? So, and, you know, Pete Abraham points out in the Boston Globe this morning, look, you know, in the beginning of the season, everybody saw that this Red Sox team had holes, right? Everybody knew that there were issues with this team. But then they started doing remarkable things, things they probably, uh, you know, that they were they were playing over their heads. I guess there's probably no other way to put it, right? So uh, now they're showing the 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 same flaws that they showed in the beginning of the season. This isn't a different team; it's the same damn team. You know, and this is the same team that's now lost 11 of 13 over the last 12 days. Alex Corey, you can tell he's lost his patience. 
you know, he's trying to be optimistic. He, you know, he even said yesterday after the game, he's like, look, you know, uh, you know, we're still in, uh, we're still in good position. Right. You, well, that's, that's true. But you've got to change things. Jesus, you scored, you know, you scored eight runs yesterday and you lost the damn game. And you don't have to look any farther for this team's problems than the front office. This is on Heim Bloom. Now, you know, you say what you want about, well, you know, he, he did this and he stole this guy and he stole that guy. What? Look, at the end of the day, the Boston Red Sox had one of the two or three best records in baseball at the trade deadline. And Heim Bloom did nothing to address the major issues that the Sox had. You will say, well, they got Kyle Schwarber. Great. What you did was you made a trade for a guy who was on the damn injured list, who, by the way, has had a setback from you know getting ready to play, and he's probably still a couple of weeks away. So your big move at the trade deadline was to trade for a guy who was hurt. And now you think that, you know, everything's okay. What did the Tampa Bay Rays do at the trade deadline? Jesus, they got Nelson Cruz. And they made a bunch of other minor moves to make that team better. What did the Yankees do? Oh, not much. They signed everybody. They got Anthony Rizzo. They got Joey Gallo. The Toronto Blue Jays went out and got a front-line starter in Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins. Everybody else in the division went out and made their team better, and Heim Bloom sat on his ass and traded for a guy who was hurt. Absolutely inexcusable. And I don't care. You don't want to mortgage the future. I get that. But when you are in a position and you are in first place in one of the best divisions in baseball and you have an opportunity to put a stranglehold on that division and get yourself a trip to the playoffs as perhaps the team with the best record in the playoffs and you do nothing to improve this team, that's on you. And he didn't have to trade Jaron Duran or Tristan Casas or you know any of the other big names to make a deal. They could have gotten some other guys. They could have gotten Jose Barrios. People were begging them to get Anthony Rizzo. There were guys they could have gone out and gotten. And look, specifically, they should have gotten Jose Barrios. They needed pitching. You know, and, you know, tell me why a guy like Cole Hamels, a guy who's making a comeback, you know, he's got to be better than Martin Perez. He's got to be better than Garrett Richards. And he got signed by the the Angels to pitch for them. Hell, I would have rather taken a run at him and you wouldn't have to trade anybody to get him. I know he's 37 years old, but he's got a track record and he's, uh, he's better than the other two bums at the end of your rotation. I'd have made a run at them, at him. But you could have had Jose Barrios. 
And if they don't end up making the playoffs and they're not going to fire them, even though my gut is my, my knee-jerk reaction because of my anger over where they are, is like if they don't make the playoffs, Hein Bloom should get fired. Well, that's not going to happen. We know that. But the ownership's got to sit this guy down and say, dude, this is Boston. You know, and this is the part I don't think he understands. You can get away with sitting on your hands in Tampa. Why? Because nobody gives a damn. Nobody goes to the games half the time unless the, the, you know, the Red Sox or the Yankees are in town. Nobody gives a crap. So you can get away with uh, you know little little minor tweaks here and there and not really doing a whole hell of a lot, not spending any money or not trading. You look and tra- you know trading your big prospects, you can get away with that. You can't get away with that in Boston. You can't get away with that in New York. You can't get away with that in Los Angeles. You know, there are just certain markets that you have got to go for it when you have the opportunity. Maybe Boston's too big for Bloom. Maybe the stage is too big for Bloom. And maybe I'm going to sound like an idiot in five years when the Red Sox have won a couple of World Series with some of these guys that he's acquired. And I hope I am. I hope I'm wrong. But maybe this stage is just too big for Bloom. Because you can't tell me that the, the ownership of that team is happy right now with where they are and, and the way that that team is taking on water. Now, as Matt Corey points out this morning, there are reasons to be optimistic. You know, the the offense finally got going. You know, I, so I try to be optimistic. And if you look at the Red Sox schedule after this series with Tampa, and that's why this series to me is so big, if you look at the next 15 games after Tampa, you play three at home with the Baltimore Orioles, the worst team in baseball, along with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Three games at the New York Yankees. You've owned the Yankees this year. The Yankees don't have any pitching. Yes, they can hit, but they don't have any pitching. That is a, a place where you can put up runs. Then you have three games at home with Texas, three games at home with Minnesota, and then three games at Cleveland. Those are 15 games right there where you can say, if you are the Boston Red Sox, you need to go 12-3. and three. You go 12-3 and three in those 15 games, you're in good shape, especially if you take two out of three from Tampa in what's coming up in this series starting on Tuesday. If you can do that, this team is going to be in the playoffs, and it might be back in first place or damn close to it. But they have got to be able to beat the crappy teams. And they haven't been able to do that. That's been the problem. When you look at the Red Sox record, look, the Red Sox, despite the debacle this weekend in in Toronto, the Red Sox won the season series against the Toronto Blue Jays. The Red Sox won the season series against the New York Yankees. It's not over yet, but it it doesn't matter at this point. No matter what happens the rest of the year, the Red Sox will win the season series against the Yankees. So they have, you know, they have played well in their own division. They've held their own 
with the Rays. Now, they got swept, you know, the last time they were down in Tampa. I get that. But they've held their own. And those games, by the way, down in Tampa were, you know, those are that's one of the reasons that the, the Rays are maddening is that, you know, you get games where you feel like you should be able to win them and somehow they, they, they find a way. You know, and they have struggled down in Tampa. That's a, it's something that, that's historical for them. But you're going to win. You know, you're playing good baseball inside your own division. And so, you know, the problem is, is you go to Detroit and you play a Detroit team that you should handle and you end up losing two out of three. You know, you go to play Kansas City and you can't beat them. You know, you go to play, uh, you know, the Angels, you can't beat them. You know, it's it drives you up the wall. But the Red Sox have played 500 ball against Tampa. They're winning the season series against the other two contenders in the American League East. So the fact that, you know, you, you look at that and you say, well, these 15 games coming up should be a piece of cake. Well, yeah, it should be. But that hasn't been how this season has gone. So, sales coming Saturday against the Orioles. But don't, you know, that's... You know, that's not going to solve everything. And, you know, and you look at this bullpen now with Sawamura and you hope to hell uh, he's going to be okay. He just came off the injured list with some tricep inflammation and now they're saying he's got elbow tightness. You know, now all of a sudden, what happens? Was Garrett Richards going to become a big part of that bullpen and taking over, you know, Sawamura's spot? Oh, good Lord, I hope not. And they'll be without Alex Verdugo for a few days. He may miss this Tampa series. Why? Well, because his wife's having a baby. So he's got to take care of business, as he should. But, you know, look, when Tampa comes in here this week, starting Tuesday, you've got Erod on Tuesday, Nate Evaldi on Wednesday, and probably uh, Nick Pavetta on Thursday. You're throwing, arguably, your three best pitchers that you have on the roster right now, not counting Chris Sale because he's not going to be activated till Saturday. But you're going to have your three best pitchers going against the Rays Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's got to be two out of three. Be nice if it was three out of three, but it's got to be two out of three if you hope to salvage anything on this out of the season. Because if you don't, Red Sox fans, be prepared. They'll be in fourth place by the end of the week. 28 minutes past the hour. I'm going to go have a drink. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 30 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call on a Monday morning. And, uh, you know, look, uh, I I just, you get to a point where, you know, I said to my wife, I was talking to Barbara on, uh, yesterday, and I was like, I, I'm going to be angry tomorrow morning. I just, I don't know how not to be angry over what I watched yesterday. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, you can't, you, you get 16 hits in a game and you lose. It's just, uh you know, and you get you also get angry because and it's you know the Baltimore Orioles. Please, God, could you do us a favor? I mean, the Orioles on both Saturday and Sunday had late leads against the Tampa Bay Rays and puked them both up. I mean, yesterday they had a five-two lead going into the seventh, and even after the seventh inning, it was five-three going into the eighth. All you got to do is get six outs. 
And Tampa scored six runs in the eighth inning yesterday. Brett Phillips, his first uh, career two-home run, run game, it included a grand slam. And he's quite a character. I kind of like the guy, but I didn't like him much yesterday. You know, could you do us a favor? But Paul Fry uh, was terrible, third of an inning. He walked three guys, gave up a hit. Then they bring in uh, Dylan Tate, and he gave up the salami to Brett Phillips, and the rest is history, and the race just continued to find ways, despite the fact that, you know, Michael Walker starts the game and goes five innings and gave up ten hits and five runs. So, you know, <laughs> Baltimore, you know, it can look, they've got some weapons. There's no question about that with guys like Santander and, Trey Mancini and Cedric Mullins. This team, you know, can score some runs. But, you know, they make the Red Sox pitching staff look like a bunch of Cy Young Award winners. Good heavens. By the way, if you hear some noise in the background, they have decided uh, that they are going to be repaving my my road right outside my house. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> things may be a little noisy uh, here in the uh, next couple of weeks as uh, they do that. i got all kinds of construction equipment going up and down the street, getting ready to tear it up. I can hardly wait. Uh, and then uh, the Mariners finally do the Red Sox a favor yesterday. They beat the New York Yankees 2 nothing to avoid getting swept by the Yankees. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi, five shutout innings, gave up uh, four hits. Struck out six, walked three, but then the the bullpen really was the story here. Sadler, Seawald, and Steckenreiter uh, did a great job. Uh, Steckenreiter pitched the final two innings and did not allow a run, just one hit, struck out a couple of guys. And, you know, th- this kid, uh, this Yankee rookie, Luis Heal, it looks like the Yankees might have found something with this kid. Uh, that's two straight appearances that he has looked uh, – uh, so good yesterday five innings he struck out eight walked two gave up just two hits no runs look really good uh but then they got to Corey Litke um for a couple of runs in the eighth inning and Seattle ends up winning it uh Seager with a big uh, double off of Litke his 18th double of the season and uh the Mariners win it by a final of two nothing the Yankees now 11 games over 500 so look after all is said and done, the Red Sox still find themselves in second place. But they're four back now. They're only two and a half ahead of the Yankees and only one in the loss column. The Red Sox have played 114 games. The Yankees have only played 111. They'll make up one of those today. Um, so, you know, that's the problem, is that the Red Sox have 49 losses. The Yankees have 50. So... In essence, the lead is really just one game over the Yankees. Uh, they have a a uh, three-game lead over Toronto, but those are two teams that have you know you look at you look at the other three contenders in the American League East have all won eight of ten. Yeah, the Red Sox have lost eight of ten. That's kind of how things are going for Boston right now. Uh, the Yankees' next series will be starting today in Kansas City. Jamison Tyon, who was pretty good his last time out. Matter of fact, in his last nine starts. He is 6-0 and with a 2-3-5 ERA, so he will pitch today against the Kansas City Royals. You know, there may be no help there for the Red Sox either. The Royals are better than, than the Orioles. They're better than, well, they're probably not better than Seattle. But, the you know, the Royals have been scrappy at times. So, but 
Jamison Tyon has been uh, dynamite, so he will pitch today uh, for the Yankees uh, as they try to uh, inch a little bit closer to the Red Sox. So, mention who's who's more despondent. Is it the Mets fans or is it the Red Sox fans? It's a <laughs> it's probably a tie right now. The Mets lose again yesterday. The Mets have now lost four in a row. And what made it even worse yesterday, they lose to the Phillies 3-0, but what made it worse was that it was Zach Wheeler that beat them. Zach Wheeler, who pitched for the Mets for five seasons before signing as a free agent with the Phillies prior to last season, yesterday went nine Complete game shutout, two-hitter, struck out 11, walked one, picked up his 10th win of the season. It was a day when the Phillies retired the number of Hall of Famer Roy Halladay, and Zach Wheeler did his Roy Halladay impersonation. (laughs) I mean, you know, unbelievable. I think it was just the fourth uh, complete game of Wheeler's career. But through 108 pitches, through 84, 80 of uh, those 108 were for strikes. So now the Mets, who were in first place, are now in third place. They have been leapfrogged by the Phillies, who have won eight in a row. And they've been leapfrogged by the Atlanta Braves, who have won seven of the last ten. An Atlanta Braves team that doesn't have their best player in Ronald Acuna Jr., Although it's an Atlanta Braves team that at the trade deadline also did some things to improve their team, unlike the Boston Red Sox. But I'm not bitter. The eight-game winning streak for the Phillies is their longest since they won eight straight all the way back in July of 2010. Uh, Bryce Harper, another home run yesterday. His 20th of the season. Uh, he is now hitting 302. You know, Bryce Harper, and, and it's funny, Bryce Harper is a very talented guy, but I have a hard time rooting for him. You know, I, I just do. I, and, and I can't, I mean, I can't explain it. I mean, other than the fact he says some stupid things sometimes, but there's just some. Something about the guy. I have a hard time rooting for Bryce Harper, but he is having uh, one of the best years of his career. And it has those Philadelphia Phillies uh, in first place. Now the Mets uh, will play the Washington Nationals starting Tuesday night at home. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is going to get the start for the Mets uh, against uh, Paulo Espino. Uh, from the Washington Nationals, who's been pretty good, 3-3 three and three with a 3.66 ERA. And the Phillies, now we're going to find out how good those Phillies are because uh, they are going to be facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. Max Scherzer against Aaron Nola Tuesday night. Uh, Scherzer, who won his first start as a member of the Dodgers. Aaron Nola, who has had a uh, an up-and-down season, 7-6 and six with a 4.49 ERA. Uh, you know, by the way, I mentioned Bryce Harper and he's hitting 301 right now. His last 30 games, Bryce Harper is hitting 369. 369 with a 488 on base percentage in the last 30 games. 
that's impressive. It gets even better if you look at his last 15 games. He's hitting 391 with a 533 OPS. It's insane. Five homers, 10 runs batted in, and 13 walks, by the way, in those last 15 games. You know, you don't have to look any farther than that as to see why the Phillies are where they are right now. Uh, I mentioned the Braves. Uh, the Braves win yesterday. They beat the Nationals 5-4. to four. Ozzie Albies and Adam Duvall with uh, two-run homers off of Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin, who gives up home runs at a prodigious rate, he's given up 27 of them this year. He's got an ERA of almost six. But right now, he's the best pitcher the Nationals have with Max Scherzer in Los Angeles. Uh, Max Freed, great start for Atlanta yesterday. Six innings, seven hits, just one run. He struck out five. Uh, Brett Martin picked up his uh, first save of the season. And Ozzie Albies, who hit a home run yesterday, it was his 18th. He was three for his last 26. And Duvall, of course, who just came over from the Marlins at the trade deadline, thank you very much, uh, his 24th home run of the season. So everything going right for Atlanta. And Mets fans are just trying to figure out which alcohol bottle to hit next. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's come to. Uh, the race in the American League West, which I thought was over, has gotten very, very interesting. The Houston Astros lose again yesterday. Their lead now over the Oakland Athletics is just two games. Houston is 20 games over 500, but they have lost four of their last five games. They lose to the Minnesota Twins yesterday, the Twins who are, you know, 16 games under 500, beat him 5-4. Jorge Polanco with two home runs, four runs batted in. Miguel Sano hit a bomb as well. Kenta Maeda pitched well. Kenta Maeda hadn't pitched well in a long, long time. Uh, it was his first win since the 4th of July, so over a month between victories for Kenta Maeda. Uh, Maeda now 5-4 and four on the season. Lance McCullers Jr., who'd been really good for Houston this year, didn't have it yesterday. Uh, four runs, eight hits, and four and two-thirds innings. But uh, a good win for them. And at the same time as that was going on, the Oakland Athletics finished off a sweep of the lowly Texas Rangers. They beat them 6-3. Uh, James Caprillion, who had just come off the injured list, pitches six innings, gives up just three hits and two runs, picks up his sixth win of the season. Uh, Alex Trevino with his 18th save of the year. Uh, Seth Brown, a long home run in this one, his 13th homer of the season. Uh, Starling Marte, who, by the way, uh, was acquired at the trade deadline. Not that I want to keep pointing out the fact that the Red Sox didn't help themselves, but Starling Marte, who came over at the trade deadline, was four for five for the Oakland Athletics yesterday. Of course, Oakland is reeling a little bit. Their center fielder, Ramon Laureano, was given an 80-game suspension over the weekend because he was caught with an anabolic steroid in his system. It wasn't like it was some supplement. This was an anabolic steroid. And, of course, Loriano immediately says, I have no idea how it got in there. I'm shocked, you know, and I'm so tired. I mean, and look, here's the thing. Everybody knows there's testing in Major League Baseball right now. If you get caught with steroids, you're an idiot. You have the intelligence of pocket lint. And he gets an 80-game suspension. So, uh, you know, the good news, 
however, is that they got Starling Marte at the trade deadline who plays center field. So, Ramon Laureano uh, won't be there, but uh, they, it's a, getting Starling Marte is an upgrade. Marte's hitting 324. So, as I said, the Oakland Athletics now just two back. Uh, Seattle, who managed to salvage one of those games in the series against the Yankees this weekend, seven and a half back. Seattle's five and a half out of the wild card. They still have kept their hopes alive. Despite having a a negative run differential, they're five games over 500. Uh, The Athletics now get to uh, play in Cleveland. Sean and I will get the start Tuesday in Cleveland. Uh, Colby Allard for uh, the Rangers, they start a series in Seattle on Tuesday night. So Seattle with a chance to feast uh, on Texas pitching. Oakland with a chance to feast in California, or in Cleveland because uh, Cleveland is a mess this year as well. Uh, so things could get very, very interesting in the American League West by the end of the weekend. Now the Astros uh, have today off. They've got a two-game series against the Rockies starting on Tuesday. Uh, you would think Houston will be okay there, but uh, again, uh, Oakland and Seattle, the two teams chasing them uh, with, you know, a chance. And the Angels, by the way, have got to 500. How about that? The Angels are back to 500. Now, they lost yesterday. Or, excuse me, they, uh, uh, yeah, they lost yesterday to the Dodgers, but they are at 500. And uh, they are still in the conversation. Not by a lot, but they're still in the conversation. By the way, I'm so tired. I don't want to hear it from Joe Madden anymore. I'm tired of the talk about Shohei Otani being the the American League MVP. I get the fact he's got 37 home runs. I get it, okay? I get the fact that, you know, he's pitching well. I get that too. But he's hitting 269. All right? I, I get that there aren't anybody. There's nobody else out there pitching and hitting. I get all that. But I'm telling you right now, if I had to pick an MVP of the American League, it's Vlad Jr., hands down. Vlad Jr. is hitting 318, 35 bombs, 87 runs batted in, which leads all of Major League Baseball. I don't care that Shohei Otani can pitch and hit. Yes, he can. But to me, uh, Vlad Jr. plays much better competition in the American League East. He's got his team in playoff contention, and the Angels really are not. You know, And again, I, I'll advocate to the day I die, there should be an MVP and there should be a best player award if you know because to me if you're valuable that means you're getting your team into the playoffs if your team doesn't make the playoffs you're not that valuable in my opinion 46 minutes past yeah we're going to take another break back in a minute you're listening to the wake up call on sports country It's 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call. Got a few more minutes before uh, we head out of here for the day. Uh, the San Francisco Giants keep rolling. Tommy LaStella with a uh, RBI single in the eighth inning to put his team ahead, and they come back to beat the Milwaukee Brewers 5-4. Uh, to four. They take two out of three in that series. Brendan Belt also with a, a big hit in that one, a two-run pinch hit homer uh, off of Daniel Norris in the seventh inning. Uh, to tie the score. Belt, actually, who's their normal starting first baseman, uh, has been coming off the bench the last couple of games. He's got some knee inflammation, so uh, uh, Darren Ruff got the start at first base, and uh, Brendan Belt uh, with a two-run homer 
to tie the game up to set up the uh, chance for Listella to win that one for Belt. Uh, it was his 15th homer of the season. Uh, Johnny Cueto struggled a little bit for the Giants yesterday, but the bullpen does a nice job, uh, and Zach Littell picks up his first save of the season. Tony Watson uh, gets credited for the win. Jackie Bradley Jr., by the way, uh, pretty good game in this one, and uh, Jackie's still struggling. Boy, Red Sox fans, uh, look at that, and, and, and I guess you have to say, thank God we made the move. I mean, I was sad to see Jackie go, but he is still struggling in Milwaukee, hitting just 176 uh, this season. But a big win for the Giants. Uh, now 30 games over 500. 71 and 41. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Just uh, amazing. Kevin Gausman was uh, activated from the paternity list for the Giants yesterday. Uh, and he will pitch tomorrow. They've got today off. Just about everybody has today off, by the way. Just a handful of games in baseball today. Uh, but they will then take on the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, Zach Gallen uh, on Tuesday. As far as the Brewers go, they will start a series at the Chicago Cubs um, starting today. Uh, Milwaukee's lead in the NL Central down to just five games. Over the Cincinnati Reds, the Reds have won five in a row. Uh, Reds won again yesterday. They beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 3-2, to two, so Cincinnati making some noise there, but Milwaukee still with that five-game lead despite having lost uh, the last two in a row. The Los Angeles Dodgers managed to keep pace with the Giants and remain four back. They beat the Angels yesterday 8-2. Albert Pujols. Uh, a home run against his former team, uh, his first one as a member of the Angels against, uh, I mean, as a member of the Dodgers against the Angels. Uh, he actually came in to the game early. He didn't start, but uh, Justin Turner had to leave the game, so he came in uh, and hits a two-run bomb. Good for him. Good for Albert. Uh, it was his 14th homer of the season. You know what? That's been a... Uh, uh, a nice acquisition for the Dodgers. You know, he hasn't been the, the Albert of old because he's never going to be the Albert of old again. But, you know, he has had some big hits for the Dodgers. Not that the win, not that the the hit he had yesterday uh, was the difference in the game or not. But since coming over to the Dodgers, he's hit 265. He was only hitting 198 with the Angels in 24 games. He's played in 55 games with the Dodgers, and he is hitting 265. He's got nine homers and 32 runs batted in as a member of the Dodgers. That, I'll tell you what, that was a shrewd move by the Dodgers. I, when they first got him, I didn't understand the move, but he has uh, he has certainly uh, paid dividends for the Dodgers there. Walker Bueller gets the win yesterday, bounces back after his last start that wasn't very good. Uh, moves to 12-2 and two with six innings of work, four hits, just one run. Uh, and uh, so they managed to keep pace. The San Diego Padres do the same thing. Uh, they beat the Diamondbacks 2-0. Blake Snell, or as I like to call him, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, one good outing, then one bad outing. Uh, and now it was time for the good outing yesterday. Seven innings, two hits, no runs. He struck out 13, walked three. Picked up his sixth win of the year. His ERA is still 4.86, which shows you 
uh, how up and down he has been this year. Mark Melanson picks up his 33rd save. Madison Bumgarner started for Arizona. He was good. Seven innings, six hits, just two runs. But uh, they could not do anything against Blake Snell. I mean, I, I can't figure that guy out. Really can't. Uh, the Padres' next series will be coming up starting uh, today against the Miami Marlins, so they've got an opportunity. We already know that the uh, uh, the Dodgers are going to be playing the Phillies and uh, the Giants also with an opportunity here to make some hay. So uh, the Padres, you know, they're still seven and a half back. Seven and a half back, three and a half back of the wild card right now. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. I'm fairly certain of that. Um, and it's funny. I I had the pi, uh, the uh, Padres winning, uh, not winning the division, going into the playoffs and the wild card. But I picked the Padres uh, to go to the World Series. And I think there's still a, a good chance that that happens, especially if they get Tatis back in any form of health. I mean, they're doing what they're doing now. Um you know, and holding serve without Tatis. Once they get him back, he's going to be uh, even better. Uh, one other quick note before we get out of here. Bobby Bowden passed away over the weekend, 91 years old. Uh, he passed away Sunday at his home in Tallahassee uh, after uh, battling pancreatic cancer. Uh, one of the best college coaches in history and a uh, great human being. 377 career wins over 40 years. Uh, a guy who was not just, didn't profess just to be a Christian he lived. He led a Christian lifestyle. Anybody that you would meet to tell you that uh, not only was he just a great coach, he was a great human being. Uh, so Bobby Bowden, uh, who dominated uh, the ACC while as the head coach of uh, Florida State, they won twelve championships in their first fourteen years when they joined the the league back in nineteen ninety two. Uh, just. Uh, Absolute domination. And uh, Marky Post died yesterday. I know she's not in sports, but Marky Post, who was on uh, the show Night Court, one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, um, she was on that show for seven years. She passed away after battling uh, cancer for uh, a few years. She was just uh, 70 years old, so uh, Marky Post uh, passed away as well. That is going to do it for us here this morning. Uh, no show tomorrow. We'll be back Wednesday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you with some music from Jerry Jeff Walker this morning. Uh, it's it's an old one. Bear with me. It's called Old Five and Dimers Like Me. Have a great day. We'll see you on Wednesday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.